0: And welcome to a bonus episode of Ramblings from Nowhere. As always, I'm your host Jason Hall, and today with me I've got a special guest, all the way from Finland, Mr. TJ Fowler.
1: Hello, everybody. Me, TJ.
0: TJ, how's it going, man?
1: Uh, It's going okay. Uh, You know, I'm eight hours in the future here, so just let you know the future is future is okay. You got nothing to worry about. Eight hours. So, so we're still alive. Going good here. Yeah, we're still alive. It's a little bit cooler, cooler here in uh, Finland than it is in Tennessee. So, But everything's going fine. Everything's going good.
0: Awesome. Well, we've been trying to get together for uh, actually a few weeks now, probably a little over a month, and uh, yeah. talk a few things. Uh, you had reached out to me about doing a couple movie reviews, and I said yes, because I have not had time to watch anything, hardly well, I'll take that back. I've watched a few things, but um, two that I really wanted to get to, I'm going to let you go over tonight, and then we've got a couple other fun little things to talk about. Uh, It's going to be, we're going to have a good time, I think. So, uh, with that, go ahead.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so uh, the movies that I've seen, uh, the uh, Saw Ready or Not, this is back when I was uh, on vacation back in Tennessee. I actually got to Catch a couple movies there, but Ready or Not, and also uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. So, which one you want me to hit on first? Uh, you choose. Okay, well, I'll, I'll start with uh, Ready or Not. It's uh, it's I, I guess it would be considered a, a horror film, a, a light horror film, maybe a little bit of a, a dangerous game chase uh, type movie. Uh, Basically, what it is, this uh, lady, played by Samara Weaving, she marries into this uh, rich family. And this family has made its fortune by uh, making board games and and things. And uh, the family has a a tradition of anybody that marries into the family, they play a game on the wedding night. And they draw a card. So, to kind of sum it up real fast, is apparently somewhere in this uh, family's history, they've made a deal uh an ancestor made a deal with some sort of maybe the devil or somebody that's associated with the devil. And uh when someone marries into the family, they gotta draw a card out of this device this devil person gave this ancestor and tells them a game to play. And uh most of the time it's a it's a harmless game. It could be chess or checkers or anything like that. But if it if it if it's ever hide and seek, it's it's one where they have to hunt the new person into the family, and they got to catch him, and they got to sacrifice him to appease the deal that the ancestor made with the devil. That's, that's the crux. That's the crux of the movie. And uh, so, you know, the premise is, the premise isn't entirely unique, but it's a very well put together premise, and the acting is superb. and the And the actress that holds it all together is Samara Weaving. Now she's uh, do you know who Samara Weaving is? Jackson, I, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm trying
0: know. to I, I'm trying to remember. Um, I know that name. I'm actually looking right now because as soon as you said her name, I was like, I know her from something.
1: Yeah, she's she's relatively new, I believe, and uh, maybe been in the acting business maybe about a decade or so. But uh, the thing I know her from is Netflix has got this uh, movie called The Babysitter. Uh, okay. Yeah yeah and she's the babysitter but uh and ready or not she's the bride and uh and absolutely fantastic she does a fantastic job she's very relatable uh she's uh i mean she's somebody an audience can really uh get behind and uh it's got some dark comedy in it there's a there's an old lady aunt or whatever in it and uh (laughs) <laughs> She's like this grouchy grandma kind of thing, and it's kind of funny when they're starting to give out weapons to hunt. Uh, the Samara weaving character, they give her a battle axe, like the old, the same, like the old battle axe, you know. Yeah. So And and uh, so they're going around, and uh, and the family hunting Samara is a little bit. <laughs> they're, uh, they're they're a little bit any ineffectual in some ways when how they hunt they end up shooting some of their house servants by accident and, and it's got some dark humor he's got some dark humor in it but uh like i said it's a it's a very fun movie it's it's not anything that's specifically scary you know for for a horror film but it's a it's a it's a very engaging it's a very engaging uh movie and it's got a little bit of that supernatural twist where the ancestors made the the deal with the devil and mm-hmm. and things like that, and you see you see Samara transform from a, a newlywed bride into like a uh, uh, a strong female protagonist trying to survive. She really like she's not just hiding all the time. But she's I mean she is scared for her. She's life. proactive.
0: She goes from timid she, to like proactive. Yeah,
1: she goes from timid and then she she's actually works to stand up for herself and fight back a little bit. And she gets a little help. I mean, it's not entirely her, but she gets a little help uh, here and there. But if she had just laid down, it would have been all over. But she she really grows. Uh, Another movie I can compare that to is a movie called Revenge. It's a French movie that's uh, relatively new. And it's the same kind of concept. The girl in that movie, she's having an affair with a married man or whatever, and then uh, some things go down wrong. And they try to kill her, and they push her off a cliff. And she comes back. She she's kind of she starts off with like a blonde. Uh, what, what's a good word? A blonde like I don't I don't want to say loosey per se, but kind of right. like, somebody's kind of like, kinda like a, a party girl. But by the end of that movie, she's she's wrecking some people. And Samara Weaving is the same way. Uh, she she comes out on top because she fights to survive. Uh, it's a really good uh, role Samara did here. Uh, but it's a movie. If you can see it in theaters, I recommend it. But it, uh, if it's already out uh, and it comes out on Blu-ray or DVD, uh, for me, I'm going to buy it. I, I I would purchase the movie. It's a good movie to watch.
0: I've learned, I've been wanting to watch it. Just like I said, I haven't had time. I am looking at the poster right now, and I can see the grandma with the battle axe. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's really funny. She uh, she's really funny in the in the parts of the movies. But so. But all, uh, oh, go goodness, ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead. No, but the, the movie, is it's got peppered in there. It's got like some dark uh, gallows humor in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of refreshing to see. It's it's a pretty good movie.
0: So, so is it real gory or is it just uh, 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 more? It's got some. Uh,
1: no, it's got some. It's mm-hmm. got some, but it's not, it's not real bad. It's not, which, bad. It's not it's, like possible yeah. or anything. <laughs> so. Which, you
0: know, that doesn't bother me per se, mm-hmm. um, usually. <clears throat> but, you know, I just like to throw it out there because some people just don't really care for that stuff as much. But, uh, sure. sure. I mean, uh, there
1: are some scenes that it, it might have some people like cringe, you yeah. cringe a little bit, but not by and large, no. It's not.
0: So you're saying it's not as gory as like a, a hostel or something like that? No, no. It's nowhere near hostel. I remember watching that and just. I never wanted to watch another one of those again after that. I I
1: liked Hostel, but man, there were some parts in that boy. Yeah. I was like, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's cool. I need to, like I said, I would love to get to watch this in the theater, but I don't think I'll be able to. But I'm um, definitely going to check it out. Uh, everything I've heard, I've not seen too many uh, bad ratings for it in the first place. Um, I don't have the like rotten tomatoes or anything right there in front of me, but also I don't follow that much. Of what your quote unquote reviewers say for the most part, anyway. So, all right, what's our next one?
1: Okay, the next one was uh, one that's kind of a little bit de- uh, near and dear to my heart, and maybe you too, Jason. Uh, but uh, the scary stories to tell in the dark, uh, which is based off those books, uh, children's books, quote unquote, uh, mm-hmm. that uh that was in our libraries there in Jamestown. Uh, did, did you read them as well? Did you see them? You
0: know, I don't think I did, but um, it's been so long, you know, trying to pull back up those memories sometimes. But this would be something that I would think I would remember reading. Yeah,
1: well, the the thing about those original stories and those books, uh, the stories themselves were, were geared towards, I guess, pre-teens, 10, you know, maybe 9, 11-year-olds. Twelve, thirteen, something like that, and some of them were kind. you know the stories themselves, some of them you know they they were a little bizarre, but what really set those books apart was the uh, the guy who illustrated them I mean it looked like like a kid yeah. yeah. illustrated these things, you know, and that's what really stuck in children's imaginations and things and uh I mean, to the point that uh, I think sometime in the mid late nineties, something, I, I think they at one point they banned those books out of uh, libraries and schools, and uh, and so uh, so for years people have been wanting to you know see this put into uh, film, and uh, and they finally did it. Uh, what uh, Del Toro? Uh, I can't pronounce this man. know Yeah. Yo, I can't yeah, but uh, he produced it. He'd been trying to get the movie made for some time. Long time. And, uh, yeah, and so he d he, he did produce it and the director is actually a Norwegian guy. And uh he, he's directed a movie called Troll Hunter, which is a fantastic Is that movie. the guy
0: that did this? Yeah. The same guy? I did not know that. Man, that's such a good movie. I'm not gonna go right. I'm not gonna go right. off on it. All I'm gonna say is that it's one of my all time favorites. Right. Like, Oh, surprising yeah. you know what I'm saying like I remember okay I guess I will go off on a little bit I remember <laughs> I, I watched a trailer or read about it somewhere and I was like that could be good man I love that movie It's, it's, yeah, it's
2: great.
0: if you have not seen Troll Hunter go watch it I think it's on um, Amazon Prime maybe Netflix I don't know if it still is or not but you should give that movie a try mm-hmm. it's so good so good
1: and as a second opinion, I concur with Jason on that one. <laughs> Everybody out there, go watch Troll Hunter. It's a fantastic film. It's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, it's Norwegian film. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. It'll get you a little uh, international film going on there. Yep. So But anyway, that director directed this. Of course, you know we're dealing with American audiences and things, so he, it's not going to be. Well, I don't know. I thought, I, thinking about it, I think the guy did a pretty good job uh, with uh, scary stories tell in the dark. But uh, to get into it a little bit. The it's almost like an uh, anthology film, uh, but except uh, like a horror anthology, like Creep Show or uh, what's another one, uh, Tales from the Dark Side or uh, Tales from the Crypt, I guess. But the only difference is instead of having one wraparound story and then you have stories in the middle with different uh, different characters and different stories, you, you basically have the same actors going through all the stories throughout the whole film, and uh, it takes place in the Vietnam era. They set the time period in that that time period, and uh, and the main thing about this one was getting the look of what the illustrations were in those children's books trans- transferred to films, and, Jason, I got I to hand it to these people that, that made this movie, man. They they hit it on the head. I mean, mm-hmm. hit it on the head with uh, getting that look. And uh, another thing they hit on the head was getting uh, these uh, these actors, uh, children. Well, they played ch- like high schoolers and, and things like that. How old they really are, I don't know. But, I mean, they, they did a fantastic job with the casting uh got good actors uh and it's it's focused on one girl that's wanting to be a rider and uh and what happens is uh they got there's a school bully uh he's a football player guy and let me tell you they catch that guy perfect too because he he looks like a like a douche <laughs> he mm-hmm. looks like a douche and i mean he did a fantastic job so what happens is uh he chases them into this house that's got this of course it's long history of narrative to well things or whatever and they find this book in there and it's got these stories in it and it was written by this girl that was locked away in that house. She was kind of an outcast to the family and she had some sort of power that anything she wrote in that book, it happened and she had taken revenge on her family and she had written down some of these stories. Well, this girl takes that book out of that house and the book starts writing stories on its own, according to each character that's currently in the film, and it ends up taking them down one by one. And it's based off those stories that are in those children's books. And, uh, and now I will say that uh, being a 43 year old man, it's hard for a horror film to scare me now. Uh, so I kind of I have to look at horror films in a way that okay. How are they shot? How are they directed? I can see, I can be unsettled, but I can't really be scared per se. Right. Uh, Anyway, but uh, and this movie, uh, I think uh, this movie is also rated PG thirteen. And in the horror community, there's a there's a debate with some people thinking, well, you can't have a good horror movie uh, that's rated PG thirteen. They need to be R rated. And in my opinion, I disagree with that. If a movie is Written well enough, it, depending on what you're trying to write, if 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 it's written well enough, you can have a good, effective mm-hmm. horror film that's PG-13. Um, and this is a prime example. And, and the director, uh, I, what's his name? And I can't, re- I can't remember. His name. Uh, or, it or, is. Wait. Yeah, it starts with an A. But the, yeah, the, uh, the guy? He, he did a fantastic job at directing this movie to as, as a PG-13 horror film. And he does it in a way to where uh you know, they can't show a lot of gore or anything in PG thirteen, but he directs it in a way to where it leaves things up to the viewer's imagination to like see certain things. Uh for example, there's this one uh, one story called the Red Dot, and it's the one where the girl gets uh the, uh she gets spiders in her face mm-hmm. and and they, they break out. Well, he shoot, he shoots the film in such a way to where you will, you just don't see gore explode all over the screen or anything, but he shoots it to where the angles are in such a way that you can see a little blood and you don't see the hole or anything in her face when it, that happens, but it leaves enough there to where you can imagine what it must be like. Right. And I have to give I, I have to give it to the guy. I mean, he shot this movie fantastically. Uh, and again, you know, I wasn't scared from the film, but it, if I was a, a twelve or thirteen year old and I watched this film, Jason, I probably would be thinking I was seeing some serious shit. <laughs> but uh, uh, because I mean, the visuals are fantastic. Uh, the setup for everything is really good. Uh, if there's a negative, some some of the stories may feel a little rushed, a little bit because they got to get through so many. Mm-hmm. But uh, but overall, they're really good. Uh, the the Scarecrow Harold. Uh, that's the very first story that uh, deals with the uh, the bully or whatever. Uh, the way that was set up and what happened at the conclusion of that story was really, I thought, a really inventive way of how they did that, and it didn't involve gore, mm-hmm. but it was inventive how they dealt, how they how the Harold the Scarecrow dealt with the the bully. And uh, but uh, this is another one that I, I highly recommend. And it's going to be a purchase for me when it comes out on Blu-ray. So, and you got a you got a kid, you know, you got a kid that you want to kind of get into horror a little bit, but you don't want to, you know, traumatize them, right? <laughs> you know, scare them kids, to death, but, yeah. Yeah, this, uh, this is a this good one. I mean, it's a good one to kind of get them going.
0: So. Um, <clears throat> I'm with you on the PG-13 stuff. Um, I was sitting here trying to think of some good examples of PG-13 horror, you know what well, I'm saying?
1: It's, well, it's hard. It's hard now because you even have studios and if they if they want to cater to a younger audience, they'll make it PG-13, then they water it down too mm-hmm. much. And so that makes people think you can't have a good PG-13 horror. Now, I disagree. I think uh, like, for example, what's that one that had Daniel Ratcliffe in it? Woman in Black? Lady yeah. in
0: Black? La- the Lady PG- in Black. Mm-hmm.
1: That might be PG-13 and that's a... It nice, is. If that's that's a fantastic film. And um, well written. It's a gothic
0: horror. Let me run down a few for you. Uh A Quiet Place. Um, I like that. I, that. I like it. It's good. I like it quite a bit. Uh Insidious was. <clears throat>
1: that's a great that's a great film. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh Drag Me to Hell, which uh that's mm-hmm. Sam Raimi, I believe. I like that one quite yeah, a bit.
1: It, yeah, it's not bad. Um
0: The, the Ring. Um all the insidious movies have been. So, I mean, there's some out there. I mean...
1: There are. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you don't have to... I think a good scary movie, a good horror movie, it's not... It, it, like you say, it's not just about the gore. It's about the level of tension and the scares. You know, I mean, I've watched plenty of movies um, where just feeling uncomfortable is scarier than watching somebody, you know, get knifed in the back of the, you know, get knifed a bazillion times type of deal. Um, I don't have to watch somebody get their head chopped off, um, which for me, really, again, I, I don't have no problem with the gore. I like, for the most part, something like that when it's over, especially if it's over the top, because then I just start laughing. I like it when yeah. they get, because the, I find it silly, you know, it comes to a point, but um I would rather have something that, here's a good example for me, the Conjuring movies, just the two Conjuring movies. Um, The second one, not as much, but the first one, the feeling of uh, uncomfortableness um, at times in that movie was great. And that's what I'm talking about when I think of a horror movie. It doesn't have to just be somebody getting their head chopped off.
1: That's for right, me. and I agree. I I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I mean, I like. I mean, I like slasher films. I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big. I'm a big fan of Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. I understand that when you make a Friday the Thirteenth film, you need to probably lean towards an R rating mm-hmm. you know, on those. Uh, but uh, a big misconception with a lot of a lot of people in the horror community—they think every horror film has to be that way to make it good. And uh, and I mean, I disagree. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. just listed several reasons and several movies that prove prove our point, you know. So. Yeah.
0: Um, actually, you know what, the conjuring may be R rated, but
1: Is it? Yeah.
0: But it, that's okay. That's what yeah. I'm I was talking more about the feeling. Um, you know, and there's lots of movies on this list I'm looking at. Again, I'm not gonna go over them all, but that that do that and give you that feeling. But so on the flip side I watched an R-rated movie, and it was it chapter two. Ah, um, uh, we were talking about this before we started recording, and you've not have you you've not watched either one of them, right?
1: No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And not you're I mean, not. You know, I, I'm, I'm not a big Stephen Stephen King guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Now I did go. I did watch the new Pet Cemetery. I did mm-hmm. watch that. And, and I did enjoy it. But uh, overall, I'm not a big, big Stephen King
2: person. Well,
0: <clears throat> I'm not going to dive deep into this. Um, I think it's been said enough out there by everybody else. I'm just going to give a few real quick thoughts on it. Um, first up, I read the book when I was a kid and uh, loved it. It's scary as crap. It's one of those books that you're reading and then you're looking over your shoulder at the same time. Uh, Top of deals, you know. And then... There was the uh, mini series with Tim Curry. Tim Curry um, that come out, and I loved it. So when this come out, I was when the first chapter come out, I was really excited. And um, of course, they changed it a little bit. You know, they moved from a 50 setting to an 80 setting for the kids part of it, which is fine. I grew up in the 80s, so that makes it more relatable, relatable to me in the first place. Um, but um, I thought it was real good. Now the second one um, it's excellent uh, I like I, I liked how they uh, closed everything up um, it's it's not really it's not really gory it, it this is a movie that's more about the feels like we were talking about making you feel uncomfortable I mean there is some gore in there I'm um, I, I can think of a couple of different times where it was but like it's nothing that's nothing that made me cringe or anything like that, you know. Um I did jump a couple of times which I like. I like it when something can get me, even when I know it's coming, you know, if something can make me jump and this one did that for me. Um all the actors editors spot on. Uh I thought they did a good job of uh matching up the um, the adult versions of all the kids and uh okay. It's just a really good movie. Now it is a two hour and forty five minute movie, but like I was telling you before, it doesn't. To me, it didn't feel like two hours and forty five minutes. It felt like about an hour. Um, It's it's on. It's kind of like Endgame is for me. When I watch Endgame, it just you know it's over as soon as it starts. It seems like. So, um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I would like to sit down if I could ever carve out that much time. And watch the entire uh the entire thing, chapters one and two as one continuous movie. Oh
2: yeah.
0: I think it would uh, I think it would be just I think it'd be awesome, but Lord, I just don't hardly have time. I barely have time to watch anything now. But um Well lot I-
1: well, you know, like you said, two hours and 45 minutes, I mean, for a horror film, I think I told you this before we started recording, mm-hmm. that's, that's extremely, that's, that's extremely long. long Yeah, yeah, for a horror film. Well, that's but, long but for, it went by that.
0: for me, that's long it's for just, just about anything. I mean, you know, two. Uh, my, I, if it, if for some reason, two and a half hours is okay, but when you hit 245, you're like, mm-hmm. man, that's a long movie. I don't know why. But, again, this one doesn't feel like it. Um, it's it's really good. I, I recommend it uh, highly. So uh, okay. that, that's it for movies. Uh, I wanted to talk to you because you told me when you were up here you were going to go to Gen Con. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> and I've
0: always wanted to go to Gen Con and never had, had the chance. So I was going to <clears throat> give you a chance to tell our listeners if they don't know what exactly Gen Con is and uh what 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 you did while you were there
1: okay. Well uh what Gen Con is is it's uh the world's largest uh board game and gaming uh gaming convention it's uh, held in Indianapolis uh it's a 4-day event and you got people that come from I mean they come from all over the place and uh, you have cosplayers, you have, uh, and you have just about anything of that. Type of game. Not not so much not so much video games per se, but board games, card games, uh, tabletop uh, games like Warhammer, things like that. So uh, if you're into any kind of games like that, that is the place to be uh, every year. And what I did there was spend a lot of money, <laughs> but uh, I went up there and. Uh, uh, I, I like this is my first time I got to go I actually got a little fortunate and got to get in for free I done uh photos for the event which I'm still working on but uh, uh so I got to get in free uh, so that freed up a little extra cash for me to to spend some money but uh, saw a lot of cool a lot of cool stuff a lot of cool games uh, if there's any kind of a theme a person is looking for for a game if you don't find it at Gen Con you you don't need it but uh, the games I purchased uh, purchased there. I, I bought a uh, for me and my step stepson. Uh, there's a couple of Rick and Morty uh, card games uh, that I bought. One one was called uh, "Look Who's Purging Now," and, uh, and and then the other I can't remember what the title of the other one is. But they had Rick and Morty, which is a fantastic cartoon. Uh, but they've got all kinds of games based off different episodes. Uh, that Rick and Morty has, you know, all these different scenarios that they've been in. They got one uh, uh, Pickle Rick uh, game and then they mm-hmm. the, uh, Me Seeks or the Me Seeks uh, box uh, game for Rick and Morty. <laughs> I mean, they got it. Those, uh,
0: those Rick and Morty games, they go places. I'm not going to bring it up right now, but they go places. You can, you can go down some dark holes playing oh, Rick and Morty right. games. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the cartoon goes down. Yeah, threshold. yeah. So
0: I mean, you know, it 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 it's on par with the show. It's uh, but
1: oh okay.
0: I, and I'm not knocking them. But I'm just saying, like you can, you can go down some some dark dark path in those games yeah. if you don't watch it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's good to know. And then because uh, i I'm not got to play them yet, i am not had time. I have got back here to Finland, had to go straight into work. But uh, but uh, what I see, I bought. Uh, I bought some artwork from some of my favorite uh, my favorite artists uh, for fantasy. Larry Elmore, he's the guy who uh, illustrated all the Dungeons and Dragons stuff.
2: Oh, okay. In the
1: early, da- early days. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if anybody remembers the Dungeons and Dragons red box,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, thing, that, that the dra- the dragon and the, the warrior standing there with the sword. He did that. You know, he helped put D and D on the map for uh, mainstream audiences stuff, so I bought some artwork from him, and then I bought uh, also um, a game called Roswell 51, which is a card game, and one person, it it, it takes place at a drive-in theater like in the 1950s, and uh, basically, uh, uh, the playmat is a drive-in, and one person plays the director, and everybody else plays like movie viewers, and the movie plays out the director plays these cards. You have your beginning, your uh, your climax, and then you the know, uh, and then has as the movie ends, and you, the viewers have to fight against the movie to stay alive against the aliens, and then the viewers are like different people that, in the movie. So you're you're playing like a drive-in movie.
0: You're right. So is that and is that, that out now, or was it available yeah, yeah, only that, there? That,
1: that, no, no, it's out now. You okay. can get it now. So. And, I might, uh, and I might need to, to pick that up that that it was fun he demoed it there for me the the creator there did and it, it was really fun you could play like i think up to like 13 people with the game so uh it's three i think it's 3 to 13 players and uh uh but it was really fun and uh, he's got expansions coming out he's uh, got Ansmith uh, 32 which is Lovecraft theme and then uh, Pittsburgh 68 which is uh, Romero Zombies. He 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 said each each number represents a year, and uh, each location is like indicative of the theme. Like Roswell fifty one, obviously UFOs. Nineteen fifty one ends 32, thirty two, nineteen thirty two, and then uh, Pittsburgh sixty eight, which was the year Night of the Living Dead came out, and it was set in Pittsburgh. So. Cool. Yeah, so he's done all those expansions and things like that. So it is it, a pretty cool concept. And, Maybe and you should check I thought, that out. Yeah, I, I think you should. It's a uh, and I I ran it uh, the way I found it. I knew to look for it there at Gen Con, but before I went, I accidentally found it on the internet, like uh, some stuff about it. like, well, I want to see, you know, I want to see about this game. So I, it was a little bit of a fluke, and uh, that I found it, but uh, cool game. And then I also bought a game called The Great War, which is uh, based on World War One. You play different scenarios. Uh, it's set up, they call it, the. Uh, it's a game system that, Memoir 44 runs the same system of how you play it. It's uh, like a hex-based set tiles. Mm-hmm. Down. You have a scenario, and you play against another player, and you fight individual battles. Uh commanding Colors, I think, is the game system that it's based on, so... Um but uh not play like I said, I've not played any of these yet. I've been working, but uh bought me a great uh it's called the Great War, based on World War One, war game. Don't you don't see many of those. You got a lot of World War Two games. Yeah, you don't have a lot of World War War. So picked that up. Picked up a game called Shadow Run, which most people, you know, it's a cyberpunk. Uh, yeah. A cyberpunk. Yeah, cyberpunk game, science fiction game. Played that there a little bit at the con. Now is
0: is is that the Shadowrun? Is it based in that same universe? You know what I'm saying? Is it? Um,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's an official. It's an official universe of Shadowrun. So yeah, it's it's all based in that that universe. And that was really fun. That was a that was a spur of the moment. by I sat down and played it, locked it, picked it up. The good thing, the unique thing about that game that is the game board. They got it. You know, remember the. When you, you bought baseball cards or whatever, and they have those foils, those uh, holographic foils or the real mm-hmm. foil cards. Yeah. The, the game board's like that. <laughs> oh. The game board's got yeah, the glowy, I guess, I don't know how to, right. foil. Thing, so that was kind of neat. And I bought, what else did I oh, I bought uh, Legends of the Old West, which is like a Red Dead Redemption board game. It's a big sandbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, board game based like in the Old West, and you play different uh, Western legends. Uh, wild, you know, Wild Bill. Uh, Wild Bill. Uh, Hickok. What was it? Yeah, Hickok. Yeah, Wild Bill Hickok. Uh, uh, some some of the women, all those you play them, and you do different things. You can be an outlaw. You can be a lawman. You can make Jesse James a lawman if you want to. You know, if you want to play it <laughs> there. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, I bought that. And let's see. I know I bought some other stuff. I'm trying to run through my mind here what I got. Uh, excuse me. I would take a drink there. Um, yeah, I know there's something else. I can't think of them though. But uh, but yeah, basically I bought a lot of board. <laughs> I bought a lot of board games there. So. Uh, well, I
0: mean that's what you would do if you were there. That's what I would do. I would be broken. I'd be bro- I'd be broke about thirty minutes into it, I believe.
1: Well, I, I kept myself somewhat under control, but I spent, I probably spent between three dollars and $400. Which, and,
0: uh, you know, that sounds like a lot, but when you think about it, uh, board games, I mean, mm-hmm. what on average, <clears throat> on the low end, normally you're looking at $50. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I bought Gloomhaven and I, it was flipping. Oh. Um, I think at the time it was 179 I think, at the, yeah. cause of course, it's come down quite a bit from then, but, you know, I mean, it don't well, take long. This,
1: yeah, they had Gloomhaven there, and they had. Uh, now I don't know. They had some. Uh, the the people were there for Gloomhaven. They had like uh, some 3D set pieces, like the the scenarios and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they put built some terrain and stuff for them. And I, I didn't get to play Gloomhaven. I wanted to, but I didn't get a chance to really sign up for a time. Now you've played it, and yeah. I heard good things about this game. Uh, what can you tell me about that?
0: I played it. <clears throat> once because it takes so long to set up we've only played it once (laughs) and we lost on the first scenario we lost on the first scenario yeah yeah
2: okay all right but
0: i mean the cool thing about Gloomhaven is is um your 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 characters are constantly evolving and you can xp and blah 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 but um my favorite part is once you reach a certain level your character can be retired and you can start a new one um and it's a it's a it's a neat neat game like i said i haven't i wish we'd had more time to dive into it but it seems like every time my gaming group gets together um a somebody has something new that we want to try or b we're um we're, there's too many games to play because gloomhaven is a game if you're going to play it you might as well just dedicate your whole gaming time to it because not only does setup take forever but um once you get into the game itself um, it's a, it, it's a long game, and I don't mean that bad. Um, yeah. We had a blast with it, so I'm hoping that one day we'll be able to get back into it. but um like I've been talking about um, on the <clears throat> on the show, we're slowly trying to start playing d and d proper, so you know that's kind of been taking our time and trying to get some groups together and that kind of thing. But if you have a chance to pick up Bloomhaven, I recommend you do, and you get some friends and, and enjoy. It's one of the better board games that i played.
1: Yeah, I've heard it was really good, but like you said, it's one of those – it's a campaign game, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, it continues on. That's another neat aspect I wasn't thinking about. But um, you can play – you can do, like, dungeon runs and stuff, but, like, um, it's it's an overall – it comes with a campaign book, so if that tells you anything, you know. So, it's a it's a good game. I recommend it quite a bit. Okay. All right. So, other than that, TJ, anything else come, good come out of Gen Con? you see any good early builds or anything?
1: Uh, yeah, I saw quite a few uh, games that looked uh, really fun. You know, it, it's kind of frustrating. You go <laughs> You go there, and these people have all this stuff set up. And I guess it's good for my wallet, but you kind of go there and you see a game. Oh, wow, this looks really interesting. Is this all it does not come out until like next year? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, like, well, okay. You're like, no. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but there was one game there, uh, (laughs) made by the guys that did uh, the Big Trouble Little China board game, uh, Mm -hmm. games. And uh, I have that game too, by the way. But, uh, uh, they they have a game called Grindhouse, and you, you and the other players you take on a a, a role of a character. You start y'all you start with a, a basic character. There's nothing uh, unique about one or the other starting off, but then you draw like a secret uh, trait card for your character, and it tells you kind of like what your objective, secret objective is uh, before you go into the house, the grind house, uh, it's like a haunted house or whatever. And, like, for example, I played a quick game of it there. and my character, she was a, a, a masochist. so she uh, her goal was if she could get through the house with as few of limbs as possible, she gets like all these bonus points. And so when you start your character off, you have these uh, uh, things for each uh, leg and your torso and your arms. These little wood things. So on one side, it's like a fully healthy arm, and then you flip it over, then it's like bandaged up. And if you get wounded again, you take it off, and it's like you're you got an arm amputated. So hmm. for example, my my character, her secret objective was to get to try to survive with as few limbs as possible. <laughs> you know, so uh, you gotta go through five, five rooms, five rooms of the house, and he, and it's like a you go in this house and each of the rooms has got like a different kind of scenario, quote unquote. But it's not like a big, huge thing you got to play through. It's just you flip right. it a card room or the room card and tells you like what's happened and uh, the person that flipped it over what they got to do and things like that. That was really fun. And really that's grindhouse. Fun. It's called grindhouse by Epic Games, and I wanted I wanted to buy that so bad when I was there. I even tried to buy the the proto. Uh, prototype <laughs> copy for the guy, and uh, and he wouldn't sell it to me because he had to have it for some other cons. But uh, that was extremely fun. Extremely so does it
0: does that have a release date? Uh,
1: yeah, it's actually. Uh, you can hold on. You can uh, you can still go for it on. Is it on Kickstarter. Well, it was a Kickstarter, but uh, that's over. But they still have their pledge manager going. Through. Okay. It's over. Yeah. I think it should be out. Let me take a look here again. Should be out this year, I believe. Um,
0: so you have your grind house because as I've said before, 70 grind house flicks are some of my favorite. So does it, uh, does it have that kind of vibe to it?
1: Well, it, hmm, no, it, like you're talking about like a grind house. It's just,
0: you're just in a grind house.
1: <laughs> yeah, you really grind
2: through the house. That's gotcha. I'm with you. But that's all right.
1: Uh, it sounds pretty good. It, it is. It's it's really fun. Let's see if it says a date here. Oh, I don't see one uh, right offhand. But, uh, That's all right. Uh, but it's it's really fun. And have you ever played the uh, trail at, at the house on the hill? Have you ever played that? Other?
0: I haven't. I know what you're talking about. I mean... Um it and uh, what is that other one? Betrayal, the Baldur's Gate one that oh, they just yeah, they released. Yeah, the,
1: yeah, the D&D. Yeah. 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 Uh, it 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 seemed like it was almost a little bit of a more condensed, concise version of mm. uh, that game. So, uh, but, man, fun. Really fun. I was like, wow. Because I'd seen it come up on Kickstarter, and when I first read the description, I was like, oh, whatever. It sounds like a loser game. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I disregarded it, you know. And then I, I sat down and played it. I was wrong. Awesome. <laughs> I was wrong on that. So definitely have to so check that, that one yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. And then there was another one. Some oh, what was it called? Something uh man, I, something into the not into the mouth of madness, but it's something madness. I can't even remember mm-hmm. the name of it. But man, it looked fantastic. I mean, it got, you had these minis. Instead, of course, the minis always look good when they have professional painters paint on them. Yeah, and uh, and all that stuff, and uh, and I mean that looked awesome. I have to go back through my photos and find out. Dawn, Dawn of Madness, I think it was called, or something like that. Seems like and I Madness. saw something
0: about that one too.
1: Yeah, it looked really good. I didn't get to play anything about it or anything, but it just it seemed cool. I like, I don't know the specifics or anything like that, but it now that one looked good, but uh, again that was gonna be probably pretty expensive. Grindhouse, for example, you can get the the core game of Grindhouse right now on that uh pledge manager and it comes with one free expansion for thirty nine bucks. So that's not bad at all. No, it's not. Uh like I said I tried to buy the one off, off the guy there at Gen Con. I couldn't get it the, I couldn't get it. He said he didn't have really everything with it. He said mm-hmm. you offer me enough. He said you offer me enough. I'm a businessman I'll sell it to you. <laughs> I said, well, I, I can't do that. But, uh, so those were the two that sticks out as something that I, I thought was like really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, one other thing, uh, I actually met a, a Finnish guy there. He He's an app developer. And I thought what he's doing uh, was a fantastic idea. He's developing an app that... Uh, uh, he said, he, "What annoys him about board games is like you get a new game, you sit down, you're trying to learn it, you're going through, you flip it through the pages of the book, and you, you got your friends there. You know, you, you spend so much time trying to learn the game, kind of sucks the fun out of out of the game sometimes. Well, he's developed an app that basically what it is, it it uh it automa- uh autom it autom- automati- it's automated to guide mm-hmm. you through the game as you play."
2: Oh. Wow.
1: Uh, yeah, and he's working, right now he's got, he's only got three games on Blood Rage and two other games, but he's working with about a thousand other board game developers to get their games on, on the platform. That way you can sit down and play, It'll take you step by step from the beginning. Right. And then, and it'll automate, you know, show automation of, you know, animations and stuff of what you do at each step, you learn to play the game. And I thought, wow, man, you know, that, that's a great idea. hmm uh, that way, it keeps you from having to scroll through the books, and you learn as you play, without having to go through a bunch of rules and stuff. So, uh, that's another thing. It's called a uh, uh, dice or D I Z E or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, keep your eye out
0: for that one. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
1: fantastic idea. Fantastic idea. So, but, uh, Finland, Finland is the land of apps, by the way. So, <laughs> we got Angry Birds. You know that's. K, bro? That's all you need. You're good. So you're good now. Yeah. Well, but yeah, well, that's awesome. Incom is great.
0: Yeah, yeah, awesome. One of these days, I hope to go. Um, but my family keeps expanding, so I don't know if I'll ever get to go. Now I
1: saw that. I saw that. What are you doing? What are you doing to that poor woman over there, Jason?
0: <laughs> so, but uh, I, it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah. So you know, you keep thinking like. You need to go to this and this, and then you're like, uh-huh, I don't know if I'll be able to now. But anyway, I'm <laughs> glad to hear about Gen Con. Um, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go, and I've always wanted to talk to but it went. And because I've always heard about how you don't realize how big Gen Con is until you go. You know, you, yeah. hear, you hear, of course, that it's the biggest convention. It's the biggest convention. I think it's bigger yeah. than, uh, is it bigger than Comic-Con, San Diego? I can't remember. <laughs>
1: Have you been to Comic Con? I've never been to
0: either one. Uh,
1: but I don't know. Well, I know a Gen Con last year was sixty thousand people. Yeah. I would think I think Comic Con would be probably bigger because it's it's held out there in L.A. Right?
0: It's in San Diego, but San Diego, um, yeah. it may be what it is is um, the biggest gaming type of convention. You know what I'm saying? But uh, anyway, uh, it's always. It's always been something I wanted to check out. and Hopefully, I'll get to one of these days. So, uh, from that, one last thing I wanted to let you spill about is um, we're both from Jamestown, Tennessee, and we're probably most well-known for uh, Sergeant Alvin C. York, uh, World War I hero. Um, he lived in Mall. Powell, Powell. He has a school here a high school that he had built here um and you were able to do something pretty interesting um well, i'm gonna let you take it from there because i i was really proud of what you was able to do
1: oh well thank you uh well that, you know i i don't want to take you know full credit for it you know but uh i mean that'd be absurd but uh uh there's a band based out of Sweden over here called Sabaton and uh, their their niche, uh, what you what you will, is uh, that they uh, when they write songs, they write songs based on uh, war heroes or battles or whatnot. Not not to necessarily glorify war, but to kind of tell these historical events through through songs. And they're a metal band, and uh, they're actually quite popular in Europe right now. And uh, they're on tour. But uh, so anyway, when I first came to Finland, uh, 2012 or so, about one year later, I was doing concert photography and interviewing bands and, and things like that. And the one of the first interviews I ever got to have was with Sabaton. And uh, I took the opportunity to get some material together about York, uh, even the movie you know, that starred Gary Cooper. And put it together, and I interviewed, interviewed Pair, the bass player, and he's also the owner of the band. And uh, I brought up York to him and gave him the materials and whatnot. And, of course, it, it sat for several years, and uh, uh, they wrote several albums in between then and now. And it just so happened this new album that they uh, wrote uh, that came out back in July uh, called The Great War came out, and I started looking at the track listing, and uh, there was a song on there called 80 Second All the Way, which was Alvin's uh, regiment, the 82nd. And so I wrote Pear, and I said, hey, you know, this is me. And you know, and again, I don't expect them to just specifically remember me. They go through so many people. But I, I've interviewed and talked to him several times throughout the years, just kind of reintroduced myself and told him who I was and the Alvin York thing. And I said... Uh, and this was before the album came out, so I had no idea what the song was about for sure, but I mentioned, hey, is this song about York? Uh, if so, I'm going back to Tennessee. Uh, I can meet with the family. Uh, could you sign an album and whatnot, and I could dedicate it to the family, and he wrote back and said the, the song was about York, and he sent me a autographed uh, album from all the band members uh, for the family, and uh, what i did i when i got back there to tennessee in july uh i set up a little ceremony for all the surviving members of york's family andrew his son gerald his grandson uh debbie i guess great-granddaughter and then there was another another young lady desiree lapere i think which is a great great granddaughter set up a little ceremony had some press uh press in jamestown come down take some pictures uh, me presenting the album, and they done a quick interview. Paper wrote up some articles, things like that. Uh, even uh, Gary Gary Clark there in Jamestown did a interview with a pair on the station there. Which Jason, as you know, uh, you know Jamestown is a very <laughs> country music gospel, or in WDEB is a, a is right. basically almost a gospel station. I mean, they play country, but I mean it's a. Well, this saying, but Gary Gary Clark was. Uh, Open-minded enough to get an interview on there. You couldn't play the song, which I understand. I understand, but uh, but he uh, he played the interview with Pear and, and things there, and uh, uh, which I thought was a, a, a great step. And uh, I also had the family. Uh, I bought a collector's edition of the album called an earbook, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, is a, a big book. Each song is uh, uh got it's own illustration in the book all the lyrics and all that stuff. So there's an illustration of York in the book and I had the family sign that and they also wrote a message to the band in the book. And I picked up a few extra things down there at the visitor center Mm -hmm. and, uh, I sent all that stuff back to the band and they got, uh, I just got a message the other day that pair got it. He said, he's really grateful and things. So I don't know if it's going to go any, any more from there or anything, but, uh, uh, but I know the album, if that, when they ever get it completed, the, the old school that York set up, uh, they were trying to convert that into a uh, what's it called? Do you know the title? Uh, of the it's standard? almost like Peace a... and Valor or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're going to put the album in there. And uh, the family was really appreciative. Uh, they seem to really understand the idea of this band in Europe is able to reach a new generation of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, while, of course, we know who York is, we grew up in the place, so it's like, to us, we take it for granted. But uh, for these people over in Europe, or really even people in Tennessee that's not from Jamestown, some of them don't know who he is. And uh, so, you know, this band, they're playing, they're on tour right now, they're playing these big, huge festivals, tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of people playing the song. And uh, they're dropping little pamphlets out in the crowd uh, that's got the... Uh, about each song, and there's one of York that they drop in the crowd. It's got his mm-hmm. picture on it. So you know, great opportunity. To, the family understood that. Great opportunity to uh, bring uh, the knowledge of York to a new generation. And uh, oh, I thought that was pretty cool. I even heard—I don't know if you heard it or not—but uh, they're at one of the football games. They played the song <laughs> I, there in the Jamestown. I, yeah. I don't. I I haven't
0: heard, but um, uh, in all honesty, um, I. I don't follow sports that much anymore, especially. Yeah. It, so. <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask these days. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But um, I will say um, the song 80 Second All The Way, you know, yeah, they're they're metal. But, you know, that song, I mean, I let my wife listen to it. And, you know, it's not it. I think when people listen, when, when you talk heavy metal music, um, a lot of people just automatically think. Um, I'm just trying to think of a band off the top of my head. Uh, you know, something like uh, a Slayer or a
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Slipknot. Anyway, I'm not knocking either band. Um, oh, there is no. there there is that thrash metal type of thing, but this is not really in that same vein. I didn't I didn't think it was at all. Oh, I enjoyed it quite oh, a bit. God. You you know, but you know what I'm saying. People just automatically uh, relate metal to certain bands and that yeah, kind of thing. You know,
1: I- and i can- I kind of understand that because if if you think about it Jason when metal in the states fell out of style, that was kind of the stuff that was the last mm-hmm. hair metal or mm-hmm. that really hard thrash stuff. But then when it fell out of style there that was the last thing people saw mm-hmm. and you know you and you're talking about a small town like jamestown uh you know, I understand that's what their perception is, and I'm not knocking anybody there. You know, Man, mm-hmm. Town's got its traditions and things that they like and stuff. So I understand that's a perception of what people might think. Uh, but over here in Europe and stuff, metal really kept going, and there's a lot. It branched off into a lot of different stuff, and Sabaton is a result of it. You know, there's, yeah. not, there's not this hard thrash band or anything like that. But uh, but uh, yeah, I thought the band did a, a fantastic job. And, and how they kind of portrayed York in, in the song and things. And uh, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't know. I mean, the band are really good about finding the subject matter. They, they may have found out about York on their own anyway at some point. But I like to think I had, you know, I maybe planted a Listen, planting seed.
0: <laughs> Listen until, until they send you a cease and desist, you own that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's on me.
0: but no i think it's cool um you i mean you don't get to see that kind of thing happen here that much you know um and for it to be you know from a band in europe that you would never associate with a Mm -hmm. you know small town america not just jamestown but you know just any little small town like we are here um for something like that to happen, it's big and it deserved to be recognized. And I'm glad you were able to, my friend.
1: I am, well, I am too. Just for the set, like for Jamestown, I like to see. You know, I know when we grew up, grew up in Jamestown. You know, it was a certain a certain way. I guess some some things, in my opinion, I'm not speaking for you or anybody else, but I felt Jamestown was kind of stuck in some areas. Mm-hmm. And being, you know, having your own ways of things is fine. But I felt like it it was. It was stagnating. So but now that I you know I came back and visited just last month and it, it, to me I'm kinda of proud of the place. I think it, there's still some ways to go, but I think it's kinda of gotten a lot better in some ways. It seems like it's grown a little bit. Uh, Babe, it's, like, it's uh, baby it's uh, baby steps,
0: my friend. Baby steps here.
1: <laughs> baby steps. Baby, <laughs> I mean it at least it's steps. It's steps though. You know. So, so. uh but uh, you know, I, it, like I said, I want uh, I want to see good stuff for my hometown. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'm glad Sabaton wrote a song. I, and like you said, I think it's a like you said it's kind of a big deal for that place. You know. And, yeah. uh And I was glad I was, I was glad that they did it, and I'm hope it brought some light to the to the area a little bit. So.
0: Well, that's awesome. Um. And so normally at the end of the show. I like to uh, have a little fun thing where we do our recommend recommendations for the week. And what that is, for those that haven't listened, is that I will give a recommendation of something that I would just like you to try this week. And Clay will give one. It can be a movie, book, game, et cetera, whatever. Um, I'm not going to do one since I just did one uh, Friday. But, TJ, I wanted to see if you had a recommendation you'd like to throw out to our listeners.
1: Uh well yeah, sure. Uh, two and these are games, uh video games. And uh can I do two or do I just need to do one?
0: No, you do two because you're in Finland, so you can do what you want. Plus oh. it took us it took us forever to get this set up, so you're you can I tell you what, you can have two, you can take what would normally be mine and you can have two.
1: Oh, okay. Well that sounds sounds like a plan. So um uh, one game, is it just came out. It was a Kickstarter that I backed, and uh, it's called Blasphemous. It's done by a Spanish game developer, and what they've done is they've taken a lot of the the history, religious history of Spain, and implemented it into this game. Uh, the visuals are very, I, I don't know how to describe them. <laughs> it, it, first of all, the game itself is like a 2D it's a two D game that's reminiscent of the you know games we grew up with on like so it's kind of is it kind of like a
0: sixteen bit eight eight bit sixteen bit pixel thing? Pro- yeah, yeah
1: sixteen probably sixteen more sixteen than eight but yeah sixteen bit and it's based off like of uh, uh, the Castlevania Symphony of the Night game oh, okay
2: game.
1: yeah yeah and uh, I've been playing that. And uh, it's a little ambiguous with what your goal really is, but you're you're apparently this pentient person trying, maybe trying to find redemption, and you're wearing this big spocky, like like a cone hat mask, and it's made out of metal and it's got thorns on it, and uh, that and apparently that's something from the Spanish uh, culture that back in the, I guess the Middle Ages with their religion. I guess if you use a pent pen, pentient Person or whatever you wore these big helmets and things, mm-hmm. but it's got a lot of that symbolism in it. Uh, I've been playing that. That's that's really fun, uh, especially if you like those retro games. You know, it's two D. You don't so have it, to worry about weird weird three D angles. <laughs> is it uh
0: is it a single player?
1: It is. It is okay. single player. And uh, but I've been playing what, that. What, just, that. Hmm?
0: What all can you? What all is it available on? Is it just p? Is it all PC right. only or? Uh,
1: Oh, no, no, no. You can get it. I think it's available on every PC, consoles, and Switch. It's on on all those.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: That's really good. That's that's blasphemous. If you like those Metroidvania games, Mm -hmm. this this is you right here. And the second game, now this game has been out for a little while, but I keep going back to it. It's called Darkest Dungeon. And uh, this game is like probably Dark Souls, and it's also a 2D game. Uh, Dark Souls 2D. I know which one and, you're talking uh, about. Yeah. Yeah, love the game. It's a it's a rogue like rogue uh, roguelike game. So every time you go into a, a a dungeon, it's it's random, and you don't you don't play a single character. You don't make a character. But what happens is you're you're an heir to this estate, and you get this letter from your uh, relative. He's committed suicide, and he's asking you to come. He, he's unleashed this evil. Uh, under his mansion and he's wanting you to come and clean up his mess and so you're going to this hamlet that that's under the mansion and you got to get the hamlet fixed up and you recruit new soldiers that uh, they can be crusaders or highwaymen or grave robbers and things like that and each one's got their own unique abilities and you, you pair them up in a four man party and you build up your hamlet and different areas of the hamlet do different things to give you better weapons, better armor. Uh, if you're about, you know, if you've gone crazy, you've got sanity, you got to get down, which in this game, your sanity is really more important than what your health is. Because uh, if your sanity gets too out of hand, your character's not a heart attack. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, so you're doing all this stuff and you go into these different areas around the mansion. Uh, you've got ruins, you've got uh, a cove, if uh, you got Warrens and so on, and each area's got different types of monsters and different characters' abilities fit better with different areas. And uh, so it's kind of like a strategy, light RPG, and it's it can be tough, and a lot of people have had difficulty with the game because uh, I don't think... It's not a game that you can just you take four characters and only those four characters, and you keep playing them and just go straight through. You can't do it that way. You have to... Switch which in and out your characters and, and backtrack and build up mm-hmm. other characters and things like that. Fantastic, fantastic game. I highly recommend it. Darkest Dungeons. Didn't they yeah.
0: uh, do an expansion for that uh, recently? Yeah,
1: they got a couple. I've got them. Mm-hmm. They got uh, the Crimson Court, which introduces their style of basically vampires. They don't mm-hmm. play vampires. But vampires. And uh, then there was another one, uh, the Madness Out of Space or something like that. Uh, that 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 was kind of like a mini DLC, but I, I've got that as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, that sounds good, and it is available on I think just about anything. I yeah. I think I think,
1: right. So I I think you could even get that on if you've got a uh, Apple. That's what well I was going to say, and yeah. then on the iPad and on yeah yeah yeah, you can get it on Android, but you can get it on iPad.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, TJ, uh, thanks for uh, being here this week, or yeah. for this bonus episode, I should say. And uh, I'm glad we finally were able to figure out a time that would work and that we could yeah. do talk. Um, yeah. Hopefully, you can come back on again sometime, and we'll talk some more um, scary movies. I know Halloween's coming up. We had Friday the 13th yesterday, um, yeah. which I did not watch any scary movies on Friday the 13th, but that's just because I was too lazy to turn one on. Uh, I played Gears 5 instead. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So um, we'll get back together hopefully here before too long and maybe do another. I'm looking I'm looking to do some more of these little bonus episodes. Um, I like being able to branch out a little bit and talk with other people. Uh, no offense to my wonderful co-host, Clay. Uh, actually, there's probably one of the bonus episodes is going to be one where he can just cuss the entire time because he's about to die. So anyway, TJ, I really do appreciate you being here. Um, yeah. Remember, you can find us on all the podcast streaming sites out there. And please make sure and uh, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't joined the Facebook page yet, or group, I should say, yet, you can do that. Just search for Ramblings from Nowhere. You can find us on Twitter at From Ramblings and Instagram at RFN underscore podcast. Also, don't forget to send us those emails. Uh, we love getting email. I already have one for this week's coming episode, so send us some more. It is rfn.podcast1 at gmail.com. And, TJ, where can people find you at on social media?
1: Well, I've got uh, a photography page if people want to look up my photography. It's uh, facebook.com uh, forward slash foul photo, F-O-W-L-P-H-O-T-O, uh, and then You can look me up on Facebook. I'm easy to find TJ Fowler and you can just look up TJ Fowler in Finland and you'll find me. No problem.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Uh, As always, you can find me on Twitter at Jason 76 Z. I'm Jason Hull. He's TJ Fowler and we are out.